Welcome to the Thunderdome. Hello and welcome to Cage Fighting. It's your main man, Andy Gillard here. Hope everyone's doing well in the world right now. Bonsoir, everybody. Matt Guy here. Hope everybody is keeping toasty. I'm keeping, think keeping, hello everyone. Let um, me keeping toasty. Tomorrow is the first day of shorts. I've decided. Today was 10 degrees. It was too hot. I was too, it was annoying. And I, I even have my, my, uh, my big red coat, as uh, you've seen now, Matt. It's, it's Puma King Glory from 1998. Um, it is a classic, not a reproduction. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I had that this morning, and I was I was sweltering by the time I got there. So I, I put I put that on the peg, so it's still there. So I'm gonna put it in a bag tomorrow, bring it home. But yeah, it's shorts are back. I regretted not wearing shorts to work today because I was boiling hot in the office. Yeah, I was in shorts up until the sun went down, pretty much. Like it, it's been a nice day today, comparatively. Stu, speaking of um, speaking of seeing you, I'm hoping you'll catch a glimpse of a blue flash running past you at the speed of light tomorrow. Because I'm going for a run on the canal early doors. Well, it depends what time. Because it, hmm, yeah, so gold is coming in. Uh, Shea Weatherspoon's in the morning as well before he finally goes to watch Spider Man. So this is just dating. This all everyone knows when this is because <laughs> well, um, people people are going to think this is a new trailer for the Flash with the speed. I'm going to be murderously going down the canal so watch out you had the old woman on her bike with the uh, basket on the front at that time of the morning as well hmm it's all it's all sort of we're all in a simulation where the same people do the same things every single day regardless of the, the weather <laughs> maybe we're in the sequel to the Truman show you know the uh, like the one-legged tramp outside your race yep it's true yeah like so is he a regular around your ends then this guy Ooh. Uh, yeah, yeah, he just kind of like, moses moses around, <laughs> and then kind of hangs out at the bottom of the street and um, like looks after the um, the local off license, make sure they're you know well well catered for. Okay, it's, right. it sits on the wall opposite his house. <laughs> <laughs> but it's got to it's got to a point now where it's like if he's not there, I'm like, oh, it'd be better check. I, I, I wouldn't know where to find him. That's not like it's not like there's a bat phone or um or like a big light for a homeless one legged tramp. <laughs> <laughs> right, so we're here to discuss what we're hoping to see come the first half of 2022. Obviously, because we're now at the end of January, I thought we could have a, a look at what we've seen, what's been good on TV and or in the cinema. So is there anything that you guys have seen lately that's uh, worthy of mention, Stu? I've seen stuff that you wouldn't have seen. <laughs> Station, did I mention Station Eleven last time? I don't think I've mentioned it on here. Um, it's basically, it was they started filming it in the start of 2020. It's about what happens when a, a flu that kills 99% of the population <laughs> escapes. And so, perfect timing. <laughs> So it's it's I put it on and it was like oh this is a bit close to the bone. Then you look back and you think well how would they possibly know? And it's again it's based on a book. Um, nice ten episodes, all one contained story. Some of it's when the pandemic happens. Some of it's twenty years later. Very very good. 
Um, the other one was a show called um, halfway through called Yellow Jackets. Okay, yeah, I've seen that advertised. It's very good as well. Okay, basically, uh, high school um, girls soccer team. Let's, let's get it right. It is American. Um, plane crash, stranded for eighteen months. So you got stuff from again two timelines. You got the, the timeline from the mid nineties, which obviously has got mid nineties music, which is excellent. Um, and then the other timeline of twenty twenty one of what's happening now is it all coming back to them, the survivors of that crash? So that's been surprisingly good as well. So that was TV wise, film wise. I find I watch Gentleman, The Gentleman. After your despicable uh, scolding of it, Andrew, so you, you lasted twenty minutes and turned it off. Well, you need to watch another five minutes and then watch it properly, because it's one of the films where I know that you'll like. Yeah, okay. It, it really. Well, Matt put in the group chat earlier about um, Hugh Grant's Cockney accent. Well, not just his accent; his, his general performance is really, really surprisingly good, and his Cockney accent is superb. You'd never know. He's got silly glasses and a beard as well, so he's full, <laughs> full disguise mode. But yeah, it's a really, really entertaining film. Okay, I'll, I will give it another go. Like I say, I only gave you twenty minutes, and that was—I don't know—I just wasn't in the mood for that type of film. So I will give it another go. It is still on my Netflix playlist. It's just not high on the list. Well, I'll, when I finish watching that, look, I watched Baby Driver yesterday. Because I was in that kind of in that kind of groove. Mm. Uh, but, Baby Driver. I wouldn't say it's like, but it's got it's got an essence of Baby Driver. If that makes any sense. Matt, what have you been watching? So I started. It's not a 2022 product, but in 2022, so far, I started The Crown, which is possibly <laughs> one of the most unmat guy kind of shows. <laughs> but by um, by Sam was watching it, and by episode three, I was like, "Don't watch it without me." I'm really enjoying it. Now, you, you're going to think, well, surely, Matt, you're not a royalist, and I'm absolutely not a royalist. Um, you know what I mean? Like, I annoy Stu as much as possible by wearing Italian, the Italian flag football shorts and sending him pictures of it in various locations. Um, but the, the whole feel of the show very much is these are flawed, and they are, for the most part, arseholes. So, you know what I mean? There's, there's no, like... There's very little Union Jack waving. Everything's fantastic. It's very much a, 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 not a critique, but seeing how these different events in history affected the royal family. So there's quite a lot that's already been in about um, kind of how the royal family were linked in with the Nazis and all the stuff that happened with um, Princess Margaret's husband who ended up being a bit of a sex pest. Um, so so it's, it's by no means... Um, shielding the royals it's, it's, it's just really entertaining and it's made me kind of it's a bit it's all a bit metal gear solid to this but this is the only way i'm going to learn any history about the royal family so they could they could paint whatever picture they wanted and i'll believe it's the truth mm. um, but at least i'm learning something i suppose okay. yeah very much it is a dramatization and it's not 100 percent fact but yes that's what that's 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 why google's there for me after every episode <laughs> to, kind of google, to kind of google the truth um, so that that would been um, enjoyable, and then um, as you'd mentioned in our top five of twenty twenty one, I saw Belfast yesterday. Um, Belfast was was a really entertaining um, watch. Not 
usually my bag because it's verges on deliriously happy in parts. That's just not that's just not me. Um however it had enough it had enough crushing brutality in it to then also bring it down a peg or two as well. Um but it's just a really um it just screams heart in parts yeah. and it it just it's it's not mundane but nothing really happens but because of the strength of the dialogue and the strength of the characters and the strength of everything else it doesn't need to really. Um, the whole it's it's carried by its own charm, the whole mm-hmm. the whole film, um, and it'll probably uh, hopefully it clears up a few awards um, this year as well. Yeah, it is hotly tipped for some Oscar glory at least. Where I think the Baftas, with it being Kenneth Branagh, there's every chance that it'll be picking up a few of those at least. And I think the one thing I loved about uh, Belfast, because you're watching the film through the eyes of the kid in it. Mm-hmm. You do get that where it's really, really happy and it's really, really sad and not much in between mm-hmm. because you do have those wild emotions with it. But it's just such a wonderful film. Really. It is like, yeah, you're absolutely right. With the troubles and everything that happened in Ireland or Northern Ireland around that time uh, and everything with the Protestants and the Catholics and everything else, you could be excused for making this film really glib and really moody and miserable. Um, but much like... Um, much like the kid in it, he doesn't understand why everyone's at war with each other like that. Mm. And so you don't, it's not really explored. And but that's not a bad thing. It's just that you're living like vicariously through this kid and, and wanting his family to just be happy. It's nice to see a film about the troubles set from that point of view where it's not got a socio political message to it. Because mm-hmm. they, they often do try to take a stance. I find when you look at films, they're either from protestants or catholics but this kid as you say is just kind of stuck in the middle of it all one thing i wanted to know though and it's more just for pure curiosity is was spurs the team in in northern ireland were they is that how it because I, I thought to myself well when did uh best obviously was at united and what time period would that have been and, and everything else so i was trying to work out in my head like what the spurs connection was it was that the player that's written on the wall that's mm. what it would have been. Best had gone long gone. I mean, when was sixty? Was it best was was best after this? I think when was he? You know, when the when the when did they win the European Cup? Was it sixty seven or sixty nine? So this was sixty nine. This was set. So yeah. So I'm just trying to think. But the uh, mate, apparently the um, the kid is a Liverpool fan as well, and he he wouldn't do it. He wouldn't say <laughs> Spurs. Oh, really? And the um. In a way to get round it, Kenneth Brown said, "You only have to do it once." And he said, <laughs> "We'll just use that take," and that's what he, that's what they did. It's nice as well that you don't need to. You know, I mean, this could go. People in America who don't know anything about what we're even talking about, troubles in Northern Ireland. Well, what? Who cares? You don't need any background knowledge to it. I like that no. about this film. Yeah, exactly. Where you just see it looks. At, there's a conflict in the community that's obviously fucking everything up. How the kids. And the people are coping with it. That's that's all you need to know. And that that was one of the, the good parts for me because I thought, well, this is why it's probably going to win things because you need no knowledge, unlike the crown. Mm. Yeah, it certainly helps, doesn't it? Uh, for myself, I've got a couple of films I wanted to mention and a TV series. Uh, I finally got to see Licorice Pizza after my ages of whinging about not being able to see Licorice <laughs> Pizza. I really enjoyed it. I I love PTA as the director. He is always able to 
make the world that he builds feel really authentic. So it feels like you're in the 70s, even though it's 2021. So I, I really enjoyed it. It was a great film. It was really... There's been a lot of criticisms about it because the main guy in it, um, Philip Seymour Hoffman's kid, Cooper Hoffman, he is a 15-year-old lad. And Alina Haim plays a 25, or I think 25-year-old woman. And they have this weird on-off relationship. I think a lot of people struggled with this 10-year age gap with one of them being underage. And I think that there were elements of that which people would struggle with purely Mm. because of the world we live in now. But the film, as far as I could tell, was set across years. So even though he started out as 15, I think by the time it it culminated, he would have been, you know, late teens, early 20s at this point. So there were some issues surrounding it, but that's by the by. It's an enjoyable film that feels authentic. How, How old is Anakin when Padme meets him? Let's just say that. Exactly. Exactly that. Uh, the other film I went to see was Scream 5, which should have been called Five Cream. It really bugs me that they didn't put <laughs> Five Cream in there. Uh, but it does make sense within the plot of the story because they do talk a lot about... They talk about requels, so not a remake, not a sequel, a requel. And that's basically what this is. The characters within it are literally in some cases related to the characters from the first film so you've got randy's niece and nephew are in this movie and there are other people who are you know within the bloodline of other characters and a lot of it does go way back to the start it pays homage i think to the genre in some really nice elements to it it also shows some really wanky elements of horror fans which i don't want to put myself in because it, it so like they keep talking about um, the elevated horror. So they're talking about uh, her favourite film was The Babadook because it's actually about grief and motherhood and all these other things. It's not just horror. Horror's for idiots. It's elevated mm. horror. There's more to it. And I, look, that's just horror. Horror's always been like that. You've always had these films from way, way back that have spoke about more than just blood and guts. But you've also had films which are just mindless kill of the week sort of things. So there are a few elements of that that did bug me, but I think they did enough to pay off those um, arty-farty kind of people in there. So I think they found the balance just about right. Is Requel like um, like Force Awakens and Ghostbusters Afterlife kind of thing? Is that what you talk? Like it's not yeah, a sequel or a remake? Of. yeah. Yeah, I, I guess that's where you would put it in. Cause, I mean, I think the horror genre has done a few requels over the last few years. So, like with the um, the Halloween films that have been coming out over the last, or well, the latest trilogy, has basically been a restart, but it's also been built on what's already been there. So it's a bit of both, really. Mm. But that's just the latest terminology for it. It is basically a sequel, but you know, that's why I think they didn't want to go with Scream Five. I think that's why they went with just Scream as the name of it. It's interesting. I think if you like the first film, you will enjoy this film. And it, it's probably one of the stronger ones of the the five, to be how, fair. And who are the other ones that you need to watch? Because I haven't seen any of the other four for well, the other three for a long time. Just the first. Fair yeah, the, the, 
the second and third, I don't think get mentioned at all. And the fourth is the least scream of the five anyway. So, mm. yeah, it, it just pays. It just goes back to the first, I think. So you, you would need to see the first to get the full. I mean, they explain it as they go along anyway, but to get the full flavour, I think you'd be best off watching the first again. Uh, and the TV show I wanted to make mention of is Peacemaker. Oh, yes. Just the absolute most fucking riotous fun I've watched on TV for ages. Like, it's it's what you want from the Suicide Squad on TV. Like, John Cena was the... He probably was the best thing about the Suicide Squad. He was hilarious and ridiculous and so far over the top. And he's just brought that to the small screen along with his friends. And it's just been absolutely dynamite. Is it an origin or is it post-Suicide Squad? It's a suicide. Yeah, so you know at the end of the Suicide Squad when he's in the hospital bed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It picks up literally from oh, okay. there. Yeah. And, and they show parts of the film in the intro to the first episode, so you don't yeah. need to go and watch it again to refresh your mind. Like I did anyway because I hadn't seen it for a while. Um, it just it kicks in. This is what happened Like previously on. It might as well have just done that. Um and it, then it takes it from there, and yeah. Oh, it's yeah, it's. I've never seen any. I've never laughed so much at a show like this ever. It's it, it's, yeah. it doesn't give any fucks at all. It barely laughs as well, isn't it? It's it's like you are basically watching a comedy. The, the way it goes, it is, it is really hilariously funny. Doesn't feel forced in the slightest, which I think sometimes these shows do. Yeah. And all the, I mean, I, I said it after the after ten minutes. I said this is live action Johnny Bravo, and yeah, that's exactly what it is. He's he's just a fool. Um, but he is he's eagerly real. No uh, CG. It's all CG. So yeah. I looked. And I thought it it looks too good to be a puppet, and then, but they can't train a bird to do that. Yeah, you're never going to get an eagle to hug a human. Well, no, not that one. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it does look real. It is so it's so well rendered. It's excellent. Yeah, mm. yeah. It's it's yeah. the highlight of the front. I'll get, like tomorrow when it says I get back from work. It's it's straight. Get yeah. get it straight yeah. away. Yeah, I can't wait for the next episode. But talking about before we go into the actual thing, uh, we don't do it that often. But a game that I've played that. It came out last year. It's on, it's on Game Pass as well, Matt, if you want to join for free. Um, it is now on PS5, um, called The Artful Escape. Oh, yeah. I think, I've, I think I've got it downloaded. I just never played it. Yeah, it's only four and a half hours. You just play it in one sitting. It's a it's a it's like a a rock side-scrolling adventure. That you, you, it pretty much plays itself. You're just there for, there for the ride. But the voice cast, Lena Headey, Jason Schwartzman. Mark Strong, Carl Weathers. Okay. Pure fun. That's great. Yeah. Pure, pure fun. Sit down, one sitting, gate done. Easy. Brilliant game. Oh, fantastic. I will make a note of that because I do need something. I tried to restart Arkham Origins because I've done the first two. And I, I never realised, but on Arkham Origins, they changed the controls around. Yeah, it's different so, developer. Yeah, that really pissed me off. So, like, <laughs> R1 used to be to aim and stuff, but now it's not. It's to equip. And I'm like, well, having just completed two games doing one way to try and do it another way, it's completely thrown me. <laughs> so I need something to break it up, I think. So the Artful Escape, that, that, yeah. that'll be the, the one, I think. 
Right, so we'll have a look at what's coming in the first half of the year. Once we hit the halfway mark, we'll do a half-term report and we'll look to what's coming up in the second half of the year, but that's not going to be until June, July anyway. So, February. We'll start with what's going to be on the small screen first. Very thankful to see that Disney Plus are going to be giving us a chance to watch the Hulu exclusive Pam and Tommy. So this is based on the true story of Pam Randerson and Tommy Lee's sex tape being leaked. Um, we've got Lily James and Sebastian Stan playing the titular roles. And they look ridiculously like Pam and Tommy. Mm. Very yeah. titular indeed. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm properly looking forward to that one. I'm, Seth Rogen's in it and well, we've established I'm a big fan of the dude. So yeah, I think that should be a good fun. Netflix are offering us a new Texas Chainsaw Massacre. This one's been released on the 18th. Um, we've had a few remakes and sequels and requels and, and all these over the last few years. Leatherface, is it time to bring him back? Is this... I don't know. What do we think? Um... Uh, I mean, I, the, prob the problem is... I'm always going to watch it, and that's the annoying yeah. thing. Like, and, that, <laughs> and that's probably enough just to get something commished, is that there's always going to be a group of people that will watch it, so they'll always have some form of interest. And But, yeah, I think there is a, I think there is a, a want and urge for it, but it also wouldn't be massively surprising if it was shite. Well, the, have you seen the last remake in two thousand and nine? Yeah. Was it? Mm. I mean that that was poor. I thought. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, I mean, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Yeah, but I will watch it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, that's the thing. That's the problem. Did you watch Bates Motel? Uh, no, no. That was surprisingly good. And it actually really was, <laughs> not even a, in a jokey way. It was, oh, oh, you had the same kind of, well, this is inevitably going to be really bad. Yeah. But it wasn't. It was not what I expected it to be at all. Because it's, it's the modern day retelling of how Anthony Perkins got to the Bates Motel, isn't it? It's just... How many series? I, I think that's one thing I need to go back and finish. I don't know why I never did. Um, but it's definitely it's definitely worth a go. Give it a few, give it about four or five, give it a four episodes at least. It's one, okay. it's a bit of a slow burn, um, but I enjoyed it. I mean, that's why I'll I'll watch this because I, I, the the first one was kind of like the, the uh, plug for the the side series video on Andy. Um, mm -hmm. When we had it on on dirty video <laughs> because it, it looked nasty. It was one of them. So I, I, that's one of the first time I watched it as a kid. I thought, oh, this is brilliant. And obviously it's not brilliant at all. But <laughs> it's funny. So I mean, I, I, I've no idea which angle they're taking with this. Are they doing it seriously or, or are they playing around with it? I, I assume it's going to be taken seriously and they're going to try and do a modern day telling of the original story that's going to be... What, what they will hope anyway will then spawn off a million other films and sell toys and everything like that. Mm. I, I'm intrigued by it, I've got to be honest, but I just I have very, very low expectations. But speaking of Netflix, on the 3rd of Feb, they're going to be releasing a show which is a US remake of the BBC3 hit Murdering Successful. 
It's been rechristened Murderville. Um, the blurb reads, eccentric detective Terry Seattle teams up with clueless celebrity guest stars to investigate a series of murders in this improvisational crime comedy. Will Arnett is going to be starring as Terry Seattle, which is enough to get me to watch anything, to be honest. And some of the celebrities who will be joining him are going to be Ken Jeong, Marshawn Lynch, Annie Murphy and Sharon Stone, amongst others. Do either of you two know the original BBC Three show, Murdering Successful? No, no. Yes. I've only seen one episode and that was with Chris Kamara. It's yeah. brilliant. It is great. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. And I, I don't know if it was... It wasn't enough to get me to watch any more. Well, I, I only watched it because it was Chris Kamara, and why wouldn't you? Um, but I enjoyed it thoroughly, and but it's, maybe it's one of these things where it will work being American and over the top more than being quaint and English on BBC Three. Possibly. Um, like I'm a fan of Tom Davis, who is the, the star of it in, in the UK one. And he very he knows what he's doing when it comes to the improv stuff, so... He manages to keep the celeb very much on track and keeps the story going through. He does a fantastic job not letting it devolve into just absolute carnage. But apparently it is available on Prime Video if you wanted to watch Murder in Successville. It's got a 7.9 out of 10 on IMDb and 5 out of 5 on Amazon. Make of that what you will. <laughs> on the big screen, though, uh, there's three films that really I thought we should... Well, actually, no, four films that we should probably point out. On the 4th of Feb, we've got Moonfall, which is the one with Sam Tarly from Game of Thrones. Is that anything either of you pair are interested in? I've seen some of the um, Twitter hype about it, and to be honest, I, I probably will go and watch it on a like a lazy Sunday. It has an, a, a, an element of low budget low quality about it i know like the cast you wouldn't necessarily say low budget if it's got halle berry in him patrick wilson to a to a lesser degree but there's every chance this is another um battle for los angeles kind of Mm. i'm I'm looking forward to it but it ends up being really shite no no Stu, you're a fan of the end of the world type of movies aren't you if i remember correctly oh fuck yes and uh, (laughs) After watching um, "Don't Look Up," I'm well. I'm well looking forward to this one. It's yeah. I, I could. There was a, there was a period of time where I, I literally I couldn't get enough of them. I, I watched one of them. Are they, they're not. Oh, they said I never upgraded them to uh, Blu-ray. They're all on DVD upstairs. I think it's like 2012, and they're they're quite clearly quite shit. But yeah. you can't not watch them. Just, I enjoyed um, San Andreas. The one with the rocking, obviously. Yeah. I enjoyed that one. Like generally, it's not my not my bag, but I had a feeling you'd be well up for uh, Moonfall. Yeah, day after day after tomorrow as well with the uh, the terrible CGI wolves in that in that film. <laughs> also on the fourth of Feb, Jackass Forever is finally hitting our screens. Like about eighteen months after it was originally scheduled to be out, and then it was supposed to be out back in December, and then got postponed last minute. Um, I know we spoke about it very briefly before, saying that we would all be going to watch this one. How excited are you? Is this more out of morbid curiosity of how these idiots look 20 years later, or is this a genuine excitement for the film? Uh, the, the problem is, like, 
in the trailer, so I only watched the trailer yesterday for it, and in the trailer, all of the stunts and all of the stuff are really tame. Mm. Now, I know they're not going to throw the best stuff into the trailer. That's fine. I get that. That's fine. But, like, I, I just wonder, is it going to, is it is it going to totally just feel really like, oh, this hasn't aged well. Like, Tom TK messaged me yesterday saying, oh, I made the mistake of watching some Lee Evans stand-up from, like, 15 years ago. We both loved him and obsessed about him back in the day, but then you watch it now and you're like, oh, God, this really hasn't aged well. And I, I worry that Jack Jackass Forever is going to be like that. But if it goes down the dirty grandpa route or whatever it was called, <laughs> goes that route with it and makes it more like that, where it's more observational stuff as opposed to purely just hurting themselves, it still could be pretty fun. Stu? <laughs> you know exactly what I'm going to say. <laughs> I, I, have, I don't have many alerts on Twitter because of this, there's just too much. But Superhuman TV Show is one of them. <laughs> and every Sunday, him fucking himself up every week is one of the highlights of the weekend. And in the time since Jackass, obviously we had Dirty Sanchez here as well. And yeah, he's gone to the other, he's gone to the extreme. But it's still them lot. And the amount of, just from a nostalgia fest on in itself, seeing them all again, I don't really care if it's tame or not. I know I'm going to be giggling all the way through it. Like, like I was when I was 20 years old again. So, absolutely. I'm, not, I'm going in there with absolutely no expectation at all. Probably have more than a few drinks before we go. I'll go in there. Even if I go in on my own, I don't care. It's just, it's one of them, I can't wait. It's been too long. Yeah, I, I am I am looking forward to it. Like I, I properly loved that first film. I think there were the moments in that first film where I've laughed harder than I've ever laughed at anything else. Like it was brilliant, but I don't know if that's because I was twenty when I saw it or however old I was. So I am I'm really looking forward to seeing how this goes and how it all plays out. Uh, two weeks later, this one is probably for you pair to talk about because I don't know a lot about this one, but Uncharted is being released. Well, Stu, you're going to have to take the rounds on this because I've never played one of the games being a filthy Xboxer. And what I've seen of this film, it looks fucking awful. <laughs> yeah, it does. And it's Uncharted, not Uncharted like accountants. Okay. I'm <laughs> <laughs> <Hey>, fucking picky. <laughs> yeah, what, Uncharted, you know, right. I've, I've, I've not mentioned this for all of four days since you put the uh, the order up. <laughs> it's an uncharted territory. Just think of it that way, okay, which is okay. pretty much the the kind of the reason of the games in the in the first place. I mean, I, I said to you, Andy, about the the video for the the um, the legacy collection that's out, yeah, or would have been out last Friday. The people listening to this, um, I haven't played any of them, and Uncharted Two is my favorite game of all time. It just is. Um, four is a close second, but the second one, I love it. It's it's camp nonsense. It knows it knows what it is. This film looks shit, <laughs> admittedly, but in a kind of fun shit way. So it's if you go in there expecting Indiana Jones, you're not going to get that, <laughs> uh, clearly, and that that's kind of the, the case with the games as well. Then they. None of them take themselves too seriously whatsoever. 
it's all very tongue in cheek and getting Tom Holland in to do Tom Holland things. It seemed a bit off because mm. of Nathan Drake over five games. Um, but yeah, uh, I expect it to be a, a fun six out of ten and nothing more. So, like the latest Tomb Raider film, basically. Oh, I think Tomb Raider, the um, Alicia Vikander one. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was a bit too serious. I think this will be more like um, certain rock-based Ryan Reynolds adventures that we watched a few months ago. Oh, okay. Right. I, I, I'd imagine that they'd take that route with it rather than the Tomb Raider route. Okay, I can dig that. I'll, I'll give it a go either way, I think. It's definitely going to be The Prince of Persia Part 2. Oh, fucking hell. Oh, that film. <laughs> and I don't, like, again, not knowing the context behind it, but I've thought that Nathan Drake is meant to be, like, a bit of a badass. And, like, Tom Holland just doesn't, he's just not, is he? Tom, Tom Holland, because he, he's playing a younger version of him, hmm. and the younger version of Nathan Drake in Uncharted 3 is he's very a, similar. He's a pussy yeah, he's very, and he kind of looks a bit like him as well from the, the younger version. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's got pussy written all over it. <laughs> uh, a week later, on the twenty fifth of February, Studio Six 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 is being released. Now, I hadn't even heard of this film until I was putting this together um, the other day. This film looks really. I say good in inverted commas. This film looks like it's going to be terrible, but I'm going to really fucking enjoy it. And it is, the Foo Fighters need to record their new album, so they go away to a mansion to record it. And Dave Grohl gets possessed by the devil. (laughs) (laughs) It looks fucking insane. I can't wait. I'm really excited to see it. I can't wait. This screams, there's got to be a Tenacious D cameo in there because they're always sharing work with each other and that. And basically, this will probably be my Rocky Horror Picture Show without the fishnets. Like, it's it's got that that vibe about it, really. Mm. It's going to be this kind of musical romp. Um, And Dave Grohl, like, he never takes himself too seriously. Maybe he'll even bring out the the devil costume from the tribute video for Tenacious D. Who knows? Um, Because he was the devil in in that video. Yeah. um, For for those who aren't into Tenacious D. Um, It's just going to be great. It's going to be terrible. It's going to be awful. Like, I know that now. That's fine. Mm. I don't care. It's going to be a really fun, fun watch. But I still fully expect it to be a contender for one of my top 10 films of the year. <laughs> like, yeah, I know I'm going to have fun with it, even though it's probably not going to be a good movie in, like, the real terms. Stuart, have you heard of this one before? Is this a new one on you? I saw a teaser earlier, and that's all I needed to see. Yeah. <laughs> for the same reason. I thought, because I don't know any, I just typed it in, just teaser. Didn't look at anything else, so just put it on. Is that Dave Grohl? And there's the talk about, oh, it's the rest of them as well. It's, and it's like Foo Fighters meets Scooby-Doo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. Like, I, don't me wrong, I'm not a, a massive fan of Foo Fighters. I, I think they're decent. But I've always liked Dave Grohl. Whenever I've seen him in any of the music videos that he's done or any of the few small cameos that he's done in films, it's always been really fun. And he's a bit of a... It's an unusual choice to lead a film, but at the same time, I think you probably couldn't have picked a better band to put in something like this. Yeah. I think 
now, like he's at a stage in his career now where, like, very recently they did. I can't remember what they were called now, but the Foo Fighters basically did a Bee Gees cover band recently and recorded <laughs> music videos and all sorts, and it was unbelievable. I love like seventies disco, so to hear that, but with like a rockier sound, I was like, this is class. I'm sure they were called the the Fijis or something like that, or oh, okay. I don't know what they were called, but like, yeah, it was it was brilliant. So I'm expecting like fun nonsense with this. He was driving round on the back of a back of a van, were he, at the start of lockdown? Yeah, he was playing gigs outside. What's that family called in America? The most hated family, the Westfield, is it? Or oh, Westbrook? the Westborough Baptist Church. Yeah, he went. He went to play gigs in front of them, like with like, <laughs> loads, like you know, full of rainbow banners and stuff like that. What a dude! Brilliant. So that's uh, February done. March on your TVs. We're finally getting Young Rock Season 2 coming back on the 13th of March. You might need to find ways and means of watching that one because I'm not sure where it's being broadcast in the UK. Have either of you two seen Young Rock? No, not one for no. me, really. It's obviously about Dwayne and it's, his, it's set across like four different time periods. It's The Rock in a like 10 years' time as he's running for president, telling stories about when he was... Um, like a seven, eight year old when he was a 16 year old and when he was a 20 year old mm-hmm. and it's all like fables about his life. It's a bit like everybody hates Chris. If you remember that one, the Chris rock story, it's that sort of thing. It's really good fun, which you'd expect from the rock to be perfectly honest. Uh, oh, Dwayne's red notice buddy, Ryan Reynolds is returning to a Netflix original movie, the Adam project. And that's going to be on the 11th of March. Reynolds plays a time traveller who has to team up with his younger self and his late father to save the future. Mm, if I wanted to watch Looper, I'd watch Looper. Mm. <laughs> like when it was about... Because I knew that he was teaming up with his late father. I knew that part. I was kind of hoping it might be something a little bit more sombre and not just more of the same Ryan Reynolds. But I get the feeling that it probably is going to be that, isn't it? Give the people what they want. Mm, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Pixar original Turning Red is hitting Disney Plus also on the 11th of March. I'm a bit disappointed that isn't going to the cinemas. I was really looking forward to seeing uh, Turning Red on the biggest screen possible. That looks like such a good, fun romp of a movie. So I'm a bit disappointed with that one. Uh, Ending the month after we get the first return to the Marvel Cinematic Universe when we get Marvel's Moon Knight on the 30th direct to disney plus have we seen the trailer to this one with his god-awful cockney accent <laughs> <laughs> yeah um I, I it just looks all a bit um as someone described it as like mortal Kombat, basically <laughs> because of the um like the um mortal Kombat 2 is having the moon knight writer involved and i'm not surprised at this point yeah yeah, it, it does. I, I can see what you mean. It does have that that look to it, doesn't it? I was really excited about it until I saw the trailer and thought, actually, this might be a bit shit. Stu, thoughts? Haven't seen it. Don't care. We'll watch it as soon as it comes out. Okay, that's fine. What, oh, we... it, a quick aside. Um, straight to Disney Plus, did you say? Yeah. So does this mean it's low-budget Channel 5 time, or is it still like a big, you know, big-budget... Romp affair. Disney have been putting the money behind their series and films. To be fair, so I think, 
I think they still will with this. I expect it to probably be more along the lines of a one division than Hawkeye, mm. which was very much straight level. So I think the money will be there behind it, but I don't know. We'll see. You know what? We haven't talked, we didn't mention it earlier when we were talking about Disney Plus, about Boba Fett. And ha- mm. ha- have you watched it now? I still haven't caught up with the very latest episode five, was it? Yeah. No, yeah, I, okay. I haven't yet. No. So we'll be quiet about that one then. But there'll be, uh, it was the best one, best episode of the season so far. And it looks very promising now. Okay. Yeah, I will get around to it at some point. I just haven't had a chance while we work and, and what have you. Um, in the cinema, I think there's only really one film to mention, like for me at least. That's the 4th of March, which is Matt Reeves' day, which is The Batman. I cannot tell you how excited I am for this film. There has been so much discourse on Twitter, discourse in inverted commas, about the runtime hitting three hours. Um, what do we actually think to that? Like, is that something we actually give a shit about? Or do we just want to make sure that it's a film good enough to fill three hours? Like, what's? I don't have an issue with a long film, as long as it's good enough to hold it. Stu, thoughts? Does it matter if it... If it needs to be three hours, make it three hours. If it needs mm. to be two, make it two. Who gives a fuck? I mean, if, you, if you've got bladder problems, then that's your fault. <laughs> sort yourselves out. That's the only reason why. It's just people wanting to moan again. This is the, yeah. this is the main problem. I mean, I always said that I was a bit disappointed with the, the rating that it's got for the reasons I wanted more bloodshed, like we've got in Peacemaker. Mm. But you're never going to get that with Batman. I mean, we might get an unrated version. We might not, but... Well, you, you did make a good point that the rating now for is it PG, whatever, mm-hmm. is very different to a PG from 20 years ago and the, the yeah. amount you can get away with. And sometimes less is more, which is weird in a three-hour film, but <laughs> saying that, Lord of the Rings, how long them things are, people sat through all them and the extended editions, no problem whatsoever. So people moaning for the sake of moaning again. It is. Uh, Matt, thoughts on exceptionally long films in the cinema? Is, would that put you off going to see something? Um, no, it wouldn't put me off going. It would change my habits pre-movie. <laughs> but that's more because I let out a little bit of wee during The Force Awakens because I needed to piss that much. Um, but no, I mean, as long as long it as long as it has an adequate story to tell and as long as it doesn't drag out for the sake of it, and it doesn't drag out because it struggles to tell its story within a concise amount of time. Then no, I've got a problem with it. If it's if it's good, then why wouldn't you want more of it? I, you know what mm. I mean. Um, so I'm very much going into this with an open an open heart and mind because I want I want it to be um, Pattinson's vindication for being in those terrible glittery vampire films. Oh no, he's had that in the lightest. Just go and watch that. The world doesn't know about the lighthouse, whereas the world will know about Batman. Well, this is the thing, isn't it? Like, so many people on Twitter and everything, you've had this conversation with folks about actually Pattinson's a really good actor, and they will always just go back to Twilight. And it's just such a harsh thing to judge him on because that's not that's not what he's capable of. He's he's got so much better in his locker. And let's not forget how terrible Tenet was as well. No, it's not. <laughs> Um, it's like, it's like judging DiCaprio on Titanic. Well, it is, isn't it? It's exactly that that level of 
I don't know, just dismissal of someone's talent. And as you say, the lighthouse is fantastic. Good times, fucking brilliant performance. That's up there with Adam Sandler in um, Uncut Gems. It's such a good performance that barely anybody knows about, but it's well worth checking out. We'll move on to April now. Uh, So the Oscars should be out of the way by this point. Uh, So spring will be coming along and that will be more films. So I think we start to get the ball rolling at this point on what to really get into with with the rest of the year. Because the first few months generally are quite slow. Um, first of April, though, Morbius coming out. Stu, thoughts? Yeah. Interested? I mean, it looks shit again, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I saw half the trailer and I thought, well, I don't. I, can, I could watch the rest of this and not know what anything's going on. I know I'm gonna. There's no point in because I'm gonna watch it anyway. <laughs> so it's whoever bad it is. I mean, I've got no real expectations after Venom. Let them be carnage. So we'll see. It's, it is what it is. I don't. I don't mind him. Really, he's a bit. I know he's a bit kind of hot and cold sometimes, but we'll see. And not looking forward to it as much as other things in April. Let's put it that way. That leads me on to a good question for Matt, actually. Matt, you saw uh, Jared Leto in The House of Gucci. Mm-hmm. How awful was he on a scale of 1 to 10? He wasn't Dallas Buyers Club, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, I don't think it was the absolute worst thing I've ever seen. Um, however, it wasn't fantastic. The thing is, with, with Leto, is that he gets... He gets a bit of a pass because he's always he's always been music in my head before he was an actor. Oh, okay. Because Thirty Seconds to Mars existed in my plane before him as an actor existed in my plane. So as far as I'm concerned, I think he's doing a bloody good job and he's trying his hardest and he's not a real actor. <laughs> Whereas actually he probably wants to be taken really seriously as an actor. Um and like do music on the side now. Yeah. That, like, I, I really enjoyed House of Gucci, so don't get me wrong. But his performance in that is shocking. And there are some shocking performances. Like, Pacino is bad in that film. Mm. <laughs> the only one who really sort of turned up knowing what he was doing was Jeremy Irons. Jeremy Irons gives a proper actor's performance. And everyone else is just like, I'm just going to swing for the fences on this one. And it'll be the campiest, most batshit insane film you'll ever see. And it was. But I still enjoyed myself watching it, I think, with it. Going back to Morbius, my understanding is it's got a lot more to do with the Spider-Verse than I initially realised, from what I gather, from overhearing people talking at work about it. Like, I'm sure it in the comics, is there more to do, to do with Morbius than we think? Because what I, what I was trying to get at is this kind of, like, Marvel's going to have a really difficult job on its hands about building up to an Avengers Assemble or an Endgame or an Infinity War level again now. Mm. Um, and the, uh, is this are these like Morbius, these type of characters really going to help build towards that massive crescendo again? Like, it doesn't feel that way so far. But I understand this Morbius character is, it, it, there's more going on there with um, like uh, Spider Man and, and that world. It's Soundiverse. So it's. <laughs> It wouldn't surprise me now if this is kind of 
retroactively fit into Amazing Spider-Man 3 mm. in some way. After the, the clown, did you see the, uh, the interview with Anu Lord, Andrew Garfield, the other day? No. Um, <laughs> the people were asking him about it, and Spider- Amazing Spider-Man 3, <laughs> where the fuck were you guys eight years ago? <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, after the, the second one was, wasn't great, so it didn't warrant it, but... Yeah, it's. I think no one really knows anymore what's going on with all this stuff. <laughs> this, the whole Spider-Man thing—it could go anywhere. I don't think we'll ever see Tobey Maguire again, really. But the clamour for Garfield's—they can't—they can't say no to it, surely. Not after not after he's how good he was, and now he's everyone's darling after a tick tick boom as well. Watch it soon, Matthew. Watch it soon. And apparently he's in another film coming out in February where there's high hopes for him. It's The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Um, he's starring alongside Jessica Chastain. And they Ooh. play real-life televangelist duo Tammy Faye Backer and Jim Backer. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Um, but Jessica Chastain won an award, the Music City Critic Award. So I'm, I quite fancy that. It's not a subject I know a lot about, but... Those pair being in it is enough to make me want to watch it, to be honest. But regarding people not being there eight years ago to support an amazing Spider-Man 3, there was a fucking reason for not supporting it. <laughs> He's had yeah. a good 10-minute cameo in one film. That does not mean I want to go back to that universe of dog shit movies. And they were both shit. It wasn't just Amazing Spider-Man 2. They were both shit films. The first one is not as bad as you remember it. When after, on, my, on my rewatch... And how terrible the, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, the first one is, which shocked me because how much I like that film before. Amazing Spider-Man is not bad. It's not good, but it's not, it's not bad. <laughs> but uh, the second one killed it for a reason. And yeah. Yeah, just leave it there. We don't need any more. Just move on. And let's move on anyway. Uh, 8th of April, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is coming. Yes. I'm properly looking forward to this one. It looks great. This will be a day one for me. Stu, I assume I'll be seeing you there that morning. Yeah, I think we're, that's, we'll have to go in the morning before the kids are, when the kids are at school. Yeah. So they're, they're not there annoying us. How dare those kids go see their kids' film? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, little fuckers. Matt, are you bothered about Sonic the Hedgehog 2? Is this high on your nah, list? Not really. Um, I probably will go watch it. But I might, I might wait till it hits my um, my Amazon Prime stick, as opposed to going to the cinema to go see it. Mm. <laughs> Stu's playing with his Sonic toys. That's, that's <laughs> <laughs> Did you play the game as a kid, though, Matt? Was that your... yeah? So my first console. Well, I had an Amiga, but that mm. didn't really count as a console because I think it was a keyboard, and yeah. so it wasn't a. So my first console was a Master System Two. Which had Sonic on it. I had played, so I had played Sonic on its original format, like you know. So, mm. um, yeah. And, but my my first love in the gaming world was Super Mario sixty four, and it felt for for a long time that it, it was very much Mario or Sonic. Like you're either picking Xbox or, yeah. Uh, well, in this case, Nintendo or where would Sonic have been at the time? He would have had Sonic Sega. Sega, sorry, We're, Nintendo or Sega, and I was team. I was team Nintendo. Yeah, I, I was very much a, a Mario boy. Whereas, obviously, now it's all Super Smash Brothers and all that 
stuff like Sonic's come into that world now, hasn't he? So. Mm. Uh, also on the 8th of April is a movie called Ambulance, which on the face of it does not sound like my kind of film. It's a Michael Bay produced and directed movie. <gasps> but it's starring Jake Gyllenhaal, Isaac Gonzalez, Yaya Abdul-Mateen II. They play a bunch of bank robbers who steal an ambulance occupied by a paramedic and a police officer in a critical condition. Like, colour me intrigued. That mm. cast sounds really interesting. And the fact that it's going to be set in a, an ambulance rather than this big, sprawling... I mean, it, it might end up being that. Who knows with Michael Bay? But I'm kind of intrigued to see if he can do a stripped-down movie. I'm, that's what I'm hoping it's going to end up being. Now, it's funny this because I'm listening to Will Smith's audiobook at the moment and I'm, very much, I'm nearly at the end. And mm. he makes a good statement. He says... The opening weekend of any film is about the actor, the domestic, the, the overall box office is the movie and how good the movie is. Um, and that couldn't be more true with this because I'll go see it because of Jake Gyllenhaal. Mm. <coughs> and that'll be the only reason I go see it. It won't be because I like the sound of the premise of the film. I like Jake Gyllenhaal. I think he's pretty much great in everything he touches. That's a really good point, actually. You know, what do is that a good audiobook, by the way? I'm um, that one. I really dislike Will Smith after listening to it. From being <laughs> nice, not because he's a shit house, and he is a shit house, but mm. it it goes from being into self help territory, like, and I can't like Will Smith had a pretty had a rough ish upbringing, yeah. certainly not terrible by some standards. You know, they had money. But he was—he's still an, abu- abu- an abusive father and everything else. But it's hard to hear about like someone telling me how to be a better person when, at the same time, he talks about how his family, his family home, needs fifty staff to run because it's so big. Oh yeah, that—that that would make a, me quite resentful to put. There's the a lot. Of, there's a lot of him talking about how he's the biggest movie star in the world, in it, um, uh, and not in an ironic way. Oh okay. But it's entertaining because it's Will Smith as well. Mm. Um, and it's, it's just getting into now in the last like two, I've got two hours to go just getting into the breakdown of his marriage so hopefully we're going to get into cook old territory <laughs> I'm quite interested especially after seeing the Fresh Prince documentary last summer because mm-hmm. it sounded like Will Smith like the early 20s Will Smith was a bit of a cunt and some of the stories that have come out from this book that I've heard do make him sound like he's got this he doesn't hold, shit outside. he doesn't hold back about like how like he he's been a bad person at times, but then he also like he talks a lot about the Muhammad Ali movie he was in, mm. um, and he you know he talks like for the first two hours of the book is about his abusive father and how you know he hit his mum and stuff. It's obviously he's terrible, but then he goes on about how great Muhammad Ali is as a person and he was like a wonderful human being and stuff who was a serial domestic abuser, mm. and I just find it a little. <sighs> Like I know, there's the whole black civil rights stuff that goes on there that I uh, don't, I don't pretend to understand how I feel towards someone that was so prominent in turning the tide about that kind of stuff. Um, but at the same time, like it's 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 a great listen. Just don't listen if you want to come out of it thinking that Will Smith's shit smells any better than anybody else's. <laughs> I'm quite interested in that one. Another one for you, Matt, on the 15th of April. Fantastic Beasts, and does anyone give a fuck about these films anymore? 
How dare you? <laughs> no, if if this was a direct sequel to the first one, it'd be a day oneer. But the second one was pretty poor. I really didn't enjoy. It. I fell asleep during watching it the first time. Wow. Um, it wasn't great at all. So um, it's a shame because the first one was was really fun. Really, I had that that famous thing that gets Mac guy going. It had heart and charm, whereas the second one really didn't at all. Did nothing yeah, okay. for me. Stu, have you seen any of those films? No, don't care. No, me neither. Although uh, it, it's something that I probably should care about, or that if I watched, I would like them. But I, as soon as they cast Johnny Depp, I, that was me out. Like I, I, they know I'm not going to sit through Johnny Depp film, so it's not for me. I mean, when we when we do kind of pivot to a Johnny Depp only podcast. Um, <laughs> that would have been a great time, but no, I, I really should just watch them. Just get the Harry Potter films just over and done with, so I know what's going on with everything. But it's just been asked, really. They're there, they're, there, they're sitting there next to. They are, they are great. They, I mean, they are they're, great. They're sandwiched in between The Hobbit and Jurassic Park 3D. The problem is, you've got to sit through the entire, the entire of it. And then the the last step before the finale is really bad. Definitely, Hallows Part One is god awful, and it's nearly, nearly enough to make you not finish it. That's the show. I th- there's a few films throughout the whole. Eight of them was there in the end of the, the mm-hmm. original run that they do stink bad. Some of the early ones do. Like those kids were not good actors. No, no, they weren't. They've turned out to be okay, but they weren't good back then. Uh, April 22nd, that's a big one for this podcast. It's the first Cage film of 2022. The unbearable weight of massive talent. This just looks great fun, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It does look really fun, but the thing is, I'll, I want, I know I can't, and I will we'll end up talking about it on, on, you know, on the build-up to it, but I, I want to do a stew with this and see as little as possible about it. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, I, I literally found out today that it's apparently that he's going into the he's going to someone's party as an informant to the CIA, and I think that's <laughs> all I want to know because that, that that's enough to get me going, and I, I'm really looking forward to it. And just the little memes and stuff that have come out of it with him doing that weird pose with his his fist in his knuckle, bowing down to Pedro Pascal. I'm like, yeah, this is going to be great. And I think because Pedro's in it as well, that's. That's another reason to be quite excited for this movie. Mm-hmm. And to end April on the 29th, we get a film called 65. This is an Adam Driver starring movie. He plays an astronaut who crash lands on a mysterious planet only to discover he's not alone. Big fan of Adam Driver. I think he's got yeah. the um, the possibility to be the next De Niro or, you know, I think he's got the seeds of a legend in him. You're a fan as well, then, yeah? Yeah, yeah, I like him. He's um, obviously saddled with the uh, certain other films and trilogies. Um, but, yeah, it's like the, uh, that Chaos Walking that I mentioned a few weeks ago. It's mm. similar kind of vibe to that. So any sci-fi-based um, alien world planet things, I'm going to be there for us. And throwing Adam Driver as well. Then, yeah, of course. Uh, no, knew nothing about it until you put it on this list. So, and that's outstanding. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a bit early for May. Like, there's a few films that have been announced, but 
the ones we do know on the 6th of May, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I can just tell from that title alone, I'm going to fucking hate this film. <laughs> I just know it's going to piss me off. Mm, I mean, May is a long way away, so I may watch one or two episodes of One Division by then. So I might know what's going on. I might not. Don't I don't worry. expect you'll need to know. If I'm honest, I don't think it'll play that much of a, a role in it. Watch I would hope not. The best thing to do is watch the last five minutes of episode one and two. So then that, that's the shit part gone. And then watch the rest of it and you'll be okay. Hmm. Or, so I, had, I had this if, talk with Nate because Nate put it. This is a, I think this is a whole English and American thing because they had all these nonsense programs growing up. Yeah. We didn't have them, did we? So that it made no. no, we had no cultural reference to it whatsoever. And he, he put it top, I think it was top of his thing, his MCU uh, series, WandaVision. I was like, no. Is that like the real American sitcom episode where it's like she's a housewife, it's all black and white? Or yeah, something the, or the yeah. first two are like that. Oh, fucking hell. Yeah, like, so yeah, my, own, my only kind of experience of that is the one scene in um, Natural Born Killers, which <laughs> is like the only, the only bit I know about it is that. Yeah, that that's sort of what it is. Just um, you know, I love Lucy, sort of. Yeah. There, there is a video on YouTube, One Division in nine minutes. Watch that. Okay. It'll just explain <laughs> that that'll be more than enough. <laughs> I couldn't ask for a better birthday though. On May the twentieth, we're getting DC League of Super Pets. <laughs> the Rock is going to be suiting up as Crypto, and Kevin Hart is going to be Ace the Bathound. The trailer just looks like really ridiculous fun. It's what I want to say, to be perfectly honest, on my birthday. So I'm really looking forward to that one. That, that should be excellent. And also on the 20th of May, which I didn't know about, Legally Blonde 3. I really like the first Legally Blonde. Like I think it's a decent comedy. The second is turgid dog shit. Do we need a third one? Do I now need to watch the second to watch this third one, though? Oh, I hope not. Because uh, I've never seen the second one because of everyone hating on it. Oh, it's a quandary. If it's good, then yeah. If it writes the rungs of the second, but then that's two hours I'm going to have to lose again to watching nonsense <laughs> that we can't <laughs> even talk about. Yeah. Matt, are you a fan of Legally Blonde? What, nah. what did you think of it? It's, it's not, my, not my bag, that whole, like... Miscongeniality. The like, first Miscongeniality is a good movie as well, and it it does have heart to it. So I thought it might have been mm, something you would maybe maybe if I watched it again in a in a fresh pair of eyes. Mm. But, um, it's not something I'd rush out to see, to be honest. But uh, no, nah, I can't. I can't. I wouldn't get too excited about it. The only way I'd really rush to go see is if. I somehow stumbled across like Legally Blonde. Sam was watching it, and actually, I found it entertaining. And you then would. all of a sudden, I obsess over it like I did with Sweet Tooth and The Crown. <laughs> yeah, it, I think it's one that I will probably wait for on Netflix unless the reviews are really good. Then I will go and see it. But it's a bit like the Matrix sequels. It's like <sighs> the first one was so good. Do we really? We didn't need the sequel. Do we need another sequel twenty years later? Mm-hmm. Obviously, Matt will disagree, but... <laughs> uh, well, yes. <laughs> but, um, as I say, 
yeah, well, if Legally Blonde 3 takes the piss out of Legally Blonde about how terrible it was back then, like The Matrix did with uh, Resurrections, then yes, maybe we do. Yeah. Uh, to round out, mate, there's two more films that I'm down for. The Bob's Burgers movie. No. I really enjoy Bob's Burgers. It's I've, I've, I've seen it. It's been on, like, I, I've, I don't know if I've ever mentioned how, how bad I think Bob's Burgers is. I don't think you have. Yeah, it's. I don't know how anybody likes this show. It's it's awful. It's really bad. Like I'm watching it, I'm thinking this isn't funny at all. Like this is this generation's King of the Hill. It's oh, just I, ne- I never got King of the Hill. And that's and, and that's that's what Bob's Burgers is. It's, like no, I don't find right. it funny at all. Like I literally, I watched like Sam was watching it in the background while she was just like tattering around. And I was like, what are you watching this? Like, I, not, not once have I tittered, smirked, or uh, so much as felt any emotion other than boredom when I was watching Bob's Burgers. It's not a laugh out loud kind of a show. No, they certainly I, I, I think it's fine, but it's very much, I think it's not, it's not quite a grown up comedy in the same way that like a family guy is, but it's not as kiddie as Simpsons. So mm. it kind of falls in between the two, I think, maybe. If I'm going to watch any film that's got burger in the title, it's going to be Keenan and Kel Good Burger. Good Burger. <laughs> no, I, I hated them. I never understood that comedy. It was just shit. What? <laughs> yeah. This is nonsense. Oh my! This is God. the worst thing. This is the worst thing you've ever said. You... <laughs> the revelations that have come out on these three episodes about <laughs> about like the the time the looking back on 21 and 22. We might we might not make. The hundredth episode, <laughs> Dreamcast Bonanza, because we're going to fall out. <laughs> yeah, not for me, not for me. Uh, the other film in May, Top Gun Maverick, which I'm assuming we'll all be going to see that one. Oh, day one. You're definitely day one for this one. Oh, okay. I know you are. Day one You're... in Aviators. Yeah, I could, I could tell straight away that like this is going to be your bag. Oh, I can't. I can't wait. This is this is one when we said our top five favourites of all these. This is this is no no surprise. This is joint first. How do they? How are they going to get away with the homoerotic overtones in this? But and not offend people. They're, they're just going to have to have gay sex. That, that's the only <laughs> way they could do it. Is just go like the only way through. Uh, the only way. What's, what's the saying? The only way out is through. Like they, that's what they need to do. They need to just go. Literally go balls deep into it if they're going to do it. Yeah, I don't think we'll be getting no, no volleyball scenes in this one. No, it's just going to be full, full on bro back. That's fine. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> so that's May. June, we've got Jurassic World Dominion. Stu, are you a fan of the Jurassic World or Jurassic? Have they all been worlds these latest three? I can't even remember. Jurassic World, then Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Fallen Kingdom, Fallen Kingdom. Kingdom. yeah. Yeah. And then this one, yeah. I'll, I'll, this one's gone all, it's, it's gone all Planet of the Apes, isn't it, this one? Yeah, it's Chris Pratt being Chris Pratt again in everything. So, mm. yeah, it's, it was all right. Watchable. <laughs> That's, uh, <laughs> it's, I'm not, uh, not going to rush to it. It's, it's got to that stage now where it's, like, it's not what it was in 1993, where it was groundbreaking. And mm. even Jurassic World, in the whatever the term is that we were talking about earlier, it's it was one of them. It was fun and it was nice and it was new and but it was the same as before at the same mm. time. So it's 
just another literally summer blockbuster, and that's all it is. Mm. Nothing more, nothing less. And no, and ended after this one before you jump the shark, so to speak. I think. Yeah. Oh like, well, well, the shark jumped out and ate well, yeah, a exactly. horse or something. Didn't the last one, <laughs> <laughs> literally ate a shark. The yeah. uh, megalodon. Yeah, exactly. I mean, anything with with my love Bryce Dallas Howard in gets gets my vote. To be fair, so mm. that's fair. Uh, Lightyear is being released on the seventeenth. Obviously, the Buzz Lightyear live action Chris Evans movie. I'm looking forward to that. I've been a fan of all of the the Toy Story movies throughout. So I think this should be good nonsense fun. Matt, thoughts? Yeah, it it should be. It should be. My only thing is, is it gonna is it, because this is the story of the character that inspired the toy, isn't yeah. it? Like, will it lose some of its fun playfulness because it's not the toys in Andy's bedroom? Like, is it gonna feel different to the others because it's not? the same mm. do you know what i mean yeah, so I get what you mean, yeah. are people like i've no doubt it'll be a great film but are people going to think it's different when they see it are they going to think it's the movie they think it's going to be mm. it, it, out of all of them i have seen the trailer for this because what 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 could possibly be ruined in this and you can tell that it feels different mm. from that so for the stupids then they're probably well known about it but mm. is what it is and finally, in June, on the 24th, we're getting the Baz Luhrmann untitled Elvis biopic. Tom Hanks as Colonel Tom Parker. I- I'm really looking forward to this. I, I am. And I am a secret Elvis fan. Um, however, I really want them, and I don't think they will, especially if T- American icon and hero T. Hanks is involved. Talk about exploitation. And how he, you know, made his career off the back of unnamed mm-hmm. um, black artists who he ripped their music from. <laughs> I don't think they'll talk about any of that, and that no. would be a that would be a shame. Um, yeah, I, I think with it being Baz Luhrmann, it's going to be big, bold, and the music's going to be excellent. But I don't think it's going to be that deep. No, I think for you, Andy, this will be more of a risk of being Bohemian Rhapsody than Rocket Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. I think Baz Luhrmann has got the tropes of doing the unreliable narrator with better, so I think he mm. might he might lean towards Rocket Man. I do worry that there will be grandizing bollocks, for want of a better word, of mm. uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. And this is yet again. This is a film. This is not. <laughs> this is not historically accurate. It is entertainment, but yeah, I this was my number one. I can't. This was joint number one with <laughs> with Top Gun Maverick for very different reasons. Yeah, can't wait for this one. Lovely. And I know we said we weren't going to do June, July. Sorry, but I've just got a couple of films I wanted to just say. We're going to get Thor: Love and Thunder. So we're going to get a return of Natalie Portman. All for that. Nope. So it's Daniel Kaluuya teaming back up with Jordan Peele. Fantastic. Um, Black Adam. So again, even more of The Rock in the DC universe. And then we've even got films without release dates. Like we've got um, Knives Out 2 is going to be coming to the cinemas. or Sorry, no, it's going straight to Netflix at some point in the summer. So that's something to look forward to. A new Scorsese film, Killers of the Flower Moon. Pinocchio by Del Toro is coming out. So. 
there's going to be plenty of films coming out in the, the summertime that just hasn't got a date yet. So I think it's going to be a really exciting year. I'm, I'm hoping that it's going to be as good as last year was, to be perfectly honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some crackers coming out. Yeah. So the original plan for this podcast, I wanted to have a look at some of the films that were set in 2022. And it sounds like we're in for a grim old year. <laughs> so food is going to be coming scarce. We're going to have to turn to eating Soylent Green, which, as everyone knows, is people. Jails will become so full that Lando Calrissian will pilot a ship of criminals into deep space, according to Alien Intruder. But on the bright side, that film says that we will be able to live out our sexual fantasies in virtual reality. So that's something to look forward to. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, However, we won't have time to think about sexual fantasies because there is a storm coming, a geostorm. And if that storm doesn't kill you, though, the eighth annual Purge Night will try its best. Uh, finally, to make it through all the unremitting shit the future may come knocking, there needs to be bodies to fight in the Tomorrow War. So if we make it through all of that shit, what are the five films that you're looking to looking forward to most in the first half of 2022? Stu? Well... <sighs> The ones we've mentioned film-wise already, um, let's get it back up here. I put little notes next to them so I wouldn't forget, and now I've lost the whole <laughs> document. It's disappeared. Um, feel for time, feel for time. Um, yeah, as I said, <laughs> Elvis and Top Gun can't wait. Mm-hmm. Um, Doctor Strange, inevitably. Jackass, yes. And the Batman, I think there's a lot on here that we're going to be strange. We actually all going to watch it and probably all enjoy at the same time. Mm. Um, the stuff that we haven't mentioned already, um, Peaky Blinders final season, which yep. how you, again, how you've not watched it is the travesty. <laughs> the walking dead final season as well in February. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and after how, how good it ended last time around. Can't wait for that. And then um, The Boys, season three in June. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. It feels like it's been such a long wait as well, doesn't it, that one? But is there, is there an animated thing before that as well? Invincible should be out at some point. No, um, a, bo- a Boys spin-off. Well, there's the one which is supposed to be set in a high school, I think, for superheroes. Yeah, I but think that's... I, a, I heard something about that on a podcast earlier, but I don't know what it, what it was about. Okay. I, I don't know when that's coming, but that's the only thing I've heard. Matt, what are you looking forward to in the first half of the year? So, Peaky Blinders was top of my list in terms of things that's not on the list we've already talked about. Really looking forward to that. Hopefully, um, it's a satisfying kind of end to what has been a pretty consistently excellent show, I, I would say. Um, Dead to Me Series 3 will be the finale um, for that show as well. Um, I'm really looking forward to that because the two the two series prior have been a, an unexpected hit for me. Something I wouldn't normally kind of divulge in, but actually it's 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 been pretty excellent. Um, a film coming out which probably doesn't sound like my bag, but I think when you think about it, it probably is. Um, Blonde, the uh, the chronicle of the life of uh, Marilyn Monroe. Um, oh. I think will be will be uh, you know when you when you peel back the surface of Marilyn Monroe, it's a pretty you know tragic story really. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's going to be that's going to be pretty excellent. Um, hopefully, 
Um, then there's the ones obviously that we've talked about already. Um, obviously, I'm looking forward to the Batman. That I don't think I'll be quite as over the top about it as as you two. Um, <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be it'll be great though. I am looking forward to it. Um, but one one that I don't think you'd think I'd be looking forward to um, is Death on the Nile, um, the <laughs> okay, Poirot yeah. the Poirot um, film because the, the trailer that I have seen, and again it's another Branner. Um, the trailer looks excellent, and like it's got like a crazy, crazy cast. Yeah. Um, it, it, so, it does look a lot better than I expected it to be. To be honest, it looks like not that Russell Brand like really has any strong feelings either way as an actor, but I can see him being great in this. Like that, just as a personality, the kind of person he has been over the last like five, ten years after he initially rose to fame. Um, and, and like the rest of the cast there is just insane. And I think this could be a really interesting and um, as I am now moving into things like The Crown and shit like that. <laughs> like, traversing into middle age. I'll probably quite enjoy it. Sounds good. For myself, um, I've got a few films that actually we haven't had a chance to, to really mention. Uh, Knives Out 2, I really enjoyed the first one. I thought Ryan Johnson's yeah. first was fucking tremendous, and I can't wait to see what the sequel's going to be like. Uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, which is the uh, film, the Martin Scorsese film starring both De Niro and Leonardo DiCaprio. Like, there, he's two muses from two different time periods, so I just can't wait to see what they're going to do with that. There is a film called Dash Cam which is by oh, the yes. director of Host, which was my favourite film of 2020. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what comes next from, from those guys. And Chippendale Rescue Rangers. <laughs> I love Chippendale as a kid. And they're doing a animated live-action hybrid. I don't know if it's going to be a TV show or a film. I'm not 100%, to be honest. But I'm just really looking forward to seeing them bringing those guys back and seeing how they go with it. That should be good fun. Obviously, the top two on my list would have been Elvis and Batman. They're, they're the two films that... like I feel like I've been waiting a lifetime for this Batman because it's been postponed and postponed and postponed. Mm-hmm. And we've not had an Elvis film in our lifetimes. I think the most recent one was, like, was it 79, was it? The Kurt Russell one? So it was before any of us were born. So I'm really looking forward to seeing... What they're going to do with that one? Oh, there is this one more as well. No, no, we were talking about how Apple TV Plus is, apart from Ted Lasso, is completely irrelevant to us because we don't yeah. watch anything on there. There's um, the last days of oh god, Telemi Gray. It's it's spelt really strange. P T O L E M Y Gray. Samuel L. Jackson makes rare TV appearances. Gray, 93 year old man sinking into dementia until he's given the opportunity to regain his memories and try to solve his nephew's death. Okay, that sounds quite interesting. But then they've done this a few times where they've had stuff that sounds interesting and then it's just been shit. Yeah. So it's. We'll see. Right, so that's us done for another week. We'll be back with our normal question cast next week. So we'll put a call out for your questions on the Twitter at some point. Make sure you're following us at CageFightingPod, at on Twitter and on Instagram. Any emails to CageFightingPod at gmail.com. And please make sure you subscribe that you two don't miss an episode. So for this week, Matt, would you like to say goodbye? 
Take it easy, guys and girls. Look after yourselves. Stu, would you like to say goodbye? Watch Tick Tick Boom, you cowards. <laughs> I, I second that, and I will say be excellent to each other. Oh my god, what was the name of that show? Completely irrelevant to this. That was like it was was it a Netflix or an Amazon Prime? And basically the guy had to solve his own death. Oh god, but he's like everyone was like everyone was robots or holograms or something like that. Oh god, it's really gonna annoy me. I'm gonna find out what it is. I'm gonna come back to you. What's his name? Who's the guy in the um, Gillian Anderson and him are in a TV show? They tried to like solve murders. What's the well, the X Files? No, that's what I was thinking of. Then no, not the X Files. <laughs> um, the Fall. Yeah, the Fall. Right. Let's work. This Wasn't through. that Jamie Dornan? Yeah. That's... No, it's not yeah. him. It no, is it's him. not him. No, well, no, this isn't who I'm thinking about. Oh, God, this is really going to annoy me. You'll have to cut this bit out because this is going to be terrible. No, it's... it's, it's podcasting. <laughs> What's the name? I'm sure it was something. Like, it had a metal in the title of the of the show. Was it Was it Jamie Dornan being a piece of metal and not a bee? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what was the hell was the name of that show? It was like a sci-fi Netflix show. Um, Wisdom of the Crowd. Altered no. Carbon. Altered Carbon, yes. Oh, yes. that was awful. What? I- I, I quite enjoyed the first season. How dare... Well, this is it. This is what I was just thinking about. Because Series 2 is a completely different lead, isn't it? Yeah, it's the same character, but it's Black Captain America, isn't it? Yeah. It's, I don't know I, how I got onto this, but... Um, <laughs> I really, really wanted to enjoy that. I don't, I, I don't know how the Samuel L. Jackson show about him trying to solve his own nephew's murder has got me <laughs> back onto this. But, man, I was really disappointed with Altered Carbon Series 2. Joel Kinnaman, that's who you was thinking of from the first What TV one. show is he in? Like a... Joel Kinnaman's in Suicide Squad, he's Rick Flagg. Yeah, no. I know, he was in, he's, he plays... Yes, he was in, uh, he was in uh, House of Cards. The Killing. The Killing. Oh, yeah. yeah, The Killing. The killing. It... That's, that's The Killing, is our good friend Tara's podcast. Yeah, The Killing <laughs> was um, with, that, The Killing was excellent. Was an excellent series that was. Um. Isn't that a Swedish? Yeah, it's a Swedish yeah. remake. It's in oh, America, okay. right? But it's it's actually good. It's an actual. It's like a, not like the the uh, the tunnel remake of the bridge. <laughs> oh, I quite enjoyed the first two seasons of the tunnel. I didn't bother with the third. I mean, it's, some of them are, some of them are okay, some are not. But this one, the killing was really. I mean, it, it's so far away now that you ain't gonna get spoilers for it anyway. Mm. But yeah, I mean, she's she was that good that I can't remember her name. <laughs> <laughs> Is it Anna something? Anna no, Anna Torv was in um, King Fringe. Um, it's Mirel Enos. Yeah, it's news to me. Muriel Enos, yes. But I had, uh, sorry, I had a bit of a brain fart. I had some of Andy's tequila clearly from a few episodes back. <laughs> Brilliant. Right. I don't think there's anything else that we need to discuss for the rest of the year, is there now? Um, okay. We'll just go into the goodbyes, I think, at this point, yeah? Yeah, cut that, cut that bit <laughs> out. I, I didn't know if there was, like, if you would, if you had something to tie in. No, not at all. I just, something caught me into my mind, and I was like, what was the name of that show? And it just, it blurred, it just blurred out. 
But what was he with Gillian Anderson though? I don't know. I'm just getting that show mixed up. When I thought it was Gillian Anderson, but it's not. It's just somebody else that's ginger. Yeah, yeah. Marie Ellen is ginger in the killing. 